Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. So welcome, and today we will be doing an interview with Sebastian Sloven. He has written a book about his journey, surviving and learning from his father's suicide. Um, his book doesn't come out till later this month, March 20th, um, but he does have a quick two-minute trailer that gives some insight into his life and his book. And you can find that on the on the rawrelationships.net uh, website on the podcast page. That link will be there for you, so you can take a look. It's actually uh, quite emotional, and um, to me, um, it, it kind of I can relate because my biological father committed suicide as well. So when I was very young, so I am so excited to talk to Sebastian today. We're gonna talk to him right now. Hello. Hello, Sebastian. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. The weather is warming up, so that makes me happy. <laughs> I can't. I can't say I know what that's like being from San Diego. Oh yeah, I suppose. Hey, all you get to see is sunshine. We get to see. I'm up in Alberta, Canada, and we get a lot of snow here. So it's not nice. Not six months of the year. It's cold and it's snowy. <laughs> when yeah. It's warm. It's good. But yeah. So welcome to the podcast, and um, I am so excited to chat with you tonight. Um, please tell me or tell me and the listeners um, about your book that is coming out on March 20th, um, Ashes in the Ocean. Give us a on what it is and what it means to you. Sure. Yeah. So Ashes in the Ocean, you know, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's something I've been working on for a long time, culmination of you know, a lot of processing and I'm excited to, to put it out there. And basically it's, mm -hmm. it's the story of uh, losing my father to suicide at a young age. And, um, you know, I was six years old and at an age where you know didn't really understand what had happened and um, kind of went from living a, a, you know, carefree, like wonderful childhood to, you know, dealing with something like that was, was very intense. And I, I, I did what I knew how to do to survive, which was to kind of numb and run away from the pain. And um, so a big part of the book is my sort of coming to terms and starting to face um, the questions I, or the, all the things I'd been running away from, like why my dad died, what it meant for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's a, you know, processing that and then, and then, um, having this experience a few years later where I were inspired to not, not run away from it, but to turn and face it and, and ended up going on this journey and, and learned a tremendous amount about my dad and about myself in the process. And so sort of mm -hmm. the story of, yeah, facing, facing fears and, and learning from the things that scare you most. 
Yeah. Well, and that was kind of one of my questions that I had for you is, you know, how has this experience held you back in your life? Like, other than, is that pretty much it? Like, fear and running away from things instead of dealing with them? Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky question, but a good Mm -hmm. one, a good one. Um, I mean, look, I, this impacted me probably the most when I was um, a teenager, the most intensely when I was a teenager and I was starting to understand a lot of the stuff about, you know, why my dad took his life and, and, Mm -hmm. and, but didn't feel like I could talk about it. Right. There was a lot of stigma around it. There was, I certainly carried a lot of shame around it and I felt destined to, I felt like I was, you know, um, flawed and I felt destined to go down that same path, but I couldn't really express myself. So I think keeping that under wraps and trying to either escape it or numb it or block it, you know, that manifested in all sorts of different problems for me, you know, Mm -hmm. it was drinking a lot or, or, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, I think it held me back in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like, um, like, obviously I'm, I'm assuming I I shouldn't jump to conclusions, but I'm assuming that when you, kind of had your enlightenment I want to say is when you decided to start healing and writing you kind of is that kind of how that journey went uh not exactly I so you know my dad died when I was six and then Mm -hmm. spent a lot of you know basically didn't ever talk about it didn't really deal with it until you know things Mm -hmm. got worse and worse through my teens I was you know went through a phase of even considering taking my own life and oh, wow. okay. yeah, just, um, I think that was my, because that was my example set for me. I felt, you know, if things didn't go well, if I didn't get, you know, if, if things didn't turn out quite right, then I would just end it. And, um, it, yeah, it was easier. Yeah. Maybe, in, in a way. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think I, you know, and I, in a way I, I, I put my, my dad up on a, I kind of worshiped him, you know, like there's, there's something kind of badass about it's, it sounds kind of maybe funny, but like powerful about suicide where, you know, I kind of, you know, he was in control and mm-hmm. I, I sort of, you know, didn't realize at the time it was majorly playing the victim. And I felt like, right. That was the path I was, I was going to take. And then I had, I had, I was very fortunate to have, you know, my, one of my outlets was, um, nature and the ocean and I got really into bodyboarding which is like boogie boarding the same okay. thing if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to travel a lot with that and so you know I excelled in that sport but everywhere else in my life was pretty much a mess and then when I was 17 I had the opportunity to go to Australia and my dad died in Australia and I stayed with uh, one of his close friends and his name was John David and okay. I didn't realize it at the time, but his, his father, John David's father had committed suicide when he was a boy and oh wow. yeah. And ended up, he ended up, and this was at a time where I was not talking about it at all. And he ended up mm-hmm. sharing this whole, his whole sort of experience and story with me. And mm-hmm. for the first time I felt like, wow, this is someone who's been through what I've been through. And he came out the other side successfully mm-hmm. and he inspired me. Right. He inspired me to, that was like the beginning of, of changing my tune, turning around and kind of looking at it in a different way. So I'd say that's like the beginning of, of the change of perspective for me. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing, you know, looking back, it's good that it happened then, not when you were 25 or 30 or, you know, because I think for some people, they hold on to that um, for a long time. Because like you said, there is, I think there is a lot of stigma attached to it, along with the shame and the guilt. And, you know, if when you're young, and I had in the introduction, I had put in there that my father also committed suicide but I was much younger I was like three years old I think so I don't have any memory of him at all right um but I still you know there's still that stigma there like people ask and you have to tell them that and you just feel wrong for saying it or something you know like it's 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 something and I've learned through the years that it's part of my story it doesn't define who I am right but it's part of the story, right? And I think, you know, for me, I was maybe lucky enough, I look at it in my eyes, that I didn't know him um, because I couldn't imagine, you know, even at six, like how would how would a parent, like how would your mom even tell you that? You know, like that must have been a journey in itself for both of you, you and her to kind of you know like for me my mom when we got old enough to ask questions she was just like nah, he killed himself and she was happy because he was <laughs> he wasn't a nice, he wasn't a nice right, right right so right, I right. Always, I always grew up thinking this and I'm like oh man <laughs> you know so I don't you know for me it was different but right. for you know it sounds like your dad was a, a good man you know um, that he wasn't just nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I think he had, you know, he had the good, he had the bad, he had it all, like probably everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, yeah. I think it's probably, you know, it's a, it's a very challenging thing. Regard, you know, I could see aspects of being three that would make it more challenging than six, or or if you're older, you know, I think there's just it's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I think one of the really challenging things about suicide, in particular that um it's taken me some time to sort of sit with is that it's this uh there's like two sides to it right there's like you you there's loss because someone's dead and you know Mm -hmm. there's this grieving that needs to happen and then also you can you know in, in our case for my mom it's like it's a shitty thing to do to uh to uh you know to a spouse to young kids and it's not like he was intentionally doing it you know to hurt anyone but yeah um yeah but they're, they're you know it's like a it's so to balance to hold the anger to being upset and then also the the grief is i think a challenging thing to do yeah well i think it would be i know like even um when we had our conversation the other day i had said that i get angry even still it's like how selfish how you know i could never but i'm very much aware of other people before myself so I'm very different and I'm you know I handle things differently but I just think to myself like what a cowardly way to do it you know there's so many people that you could reach out to but they don't feel that way or else they probably would right Right. yeah it's impossible for us or someone who hasn't been in that situation to be like oh you know all you need to do is you know um it's it's right it's obviously not a uh you know, an option in their mind at that time. And I think, that's right. yeah, I think that's, I think that's what's tricky, right? Or can, you know, the, to be, can you be loving, empathetic and miss that person and also be like, I don't condone that action. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where I've had to find my balance is, 
you know, when I find myself getting anger, it's like, okay, it's, you know, that's other issues. That's me. That's not him. That's me. (laughs) So I just need to, you know, feel that through and, and move forward, which sometimes, you know, for me, like I said, I, I don't, because I was young, I don't have any memory. So I find it easier to move forward. Um, But, you know, for other people, um, I've, I've talked to so many people that we actually know one of my daughter's boyfriends tried to commit suicide. Mm. And when I, when he came to me after he gave me a big hug and he cried and he says, I'm sorry, because <laughs> he knew how mad I was going to be at him. And he's like, I didn't really want to do it, but I just didn't feel like I had any other choice. Yeah. And, and that makes me wonder about some people that do try to take their lives, you know, are they do they want really want to do that or is it just they're that you know in that spot but that's something that i don't know unless you've been there you just don't know yeah absolutely it's definitely tough so the other question that i had for you is i wanted to know how has it made you move forward so um once you hit that point when you were 17 what changed when you finally kind of were able to share your story and, and move forward? How did things change for you after that? Yeah, I think it's tricky to tricky to explain that, I think, in a way. But, you know, it was like a life-changing experience. Just, it, it was mind-blowing for me that one conversation um, could mm-hmm. have that big of an impact. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like it was incredibly cathartic to be able to, to talk about this stuff, which I, you know, didn't feel like I could talk about for a long time for a number of reasons. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, just, I think that alone getting it out is, you know, a huge step. And then, right. As I kind of mentioned before it, it, that conversation with John David set me on a trajectory to like search and explore, you know, why did my dad do this? And maybe there's some lessons here that I can take away and apply to myself. And that's what I did. So I kind of set out on this. I was a professional bodyboarder at the time. So I was you know, just wrapping up with high school and got mm-hmm. to travel a lot. And my dad has family and friends all over the world and made it a point to meet mm-hmm. with them where I went. And I kind of started to learn things about my dad, about um about his life, about his death, that I really found useful and applicable to me to live a, a better life. And so, yeah, I, I nice. think in in essence, it was like, you know, going from fear, running away to like almost like a curiosity about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that was the biggest. Yeah. Thing. Well, and then and being the fact that you were six, right? So that would be, you know, you'd have that memory of him, but maybe not as much as if you were 12 right for just his character alone so what tell us about your dad tell us about what kind of man he was and what what he did and and all that the the you know what what you've learned about him since you've been searching sure sure so he was um he was a badass he was south he's from south africa originally from cape town and you know, talented athlete from a very young age. He was sort of groomed to be this, uh, you know, this amazing competitive swimmer. He started competing at, I think he was nine years old. And, you know, when he was 16, he got into the South African uh, national team, the Springboks, and was traveling, swimming competitions. 
got recruited from Southern Methodist University. That's a university in Dallas, Texas, and Mm -hmm. swam for them. And just like was someone who whatever he did, he needed to be the best. And he wasn't Mm -hmm. satisfied if he wasn't the best. And (laughs) and, uh, you can see where this is going, right? And that's... (laughs) And that served him really well in a number of areas, right? In his, his sport, he did really well. And, you know, in academics, he did well. He, uh, and he got into business. He was a stockbroker and he was like, he approached that like he did a race, train really hard, Mm -hmm. make a, a, you know, a ton of cold calls and just like charge forward, charge forward, like, you know, power, powerhouse. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I taught, it was really interesting as I was, you know, I met with people that knew him, family that knew him when he was a kid in South Africa, talked to people that swam with him in, in college and people that worked with him as, when he was an adult. And it was uh, the same, you know, different phase of his life with the same kind of, mm-hmm. the same themes, right? This charging, you know. Yeah. And, um, and right, he applied that, you know, that uh, race, racing mentality to life. And I think didn't, you know, when things got complicated or when there was, you know, when it, he needed to accept or, or sort of yield, it, you know, that, that, yeah. those kind of things didn't work well. So it was, like, it was like, wow, seeing this as a blueprint in a lot of ways for what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had some really great qualities. And I think there's some, there's some like, he was, you know, motivated, he was, you know, strong, and there's some qualities that were really wonderful. But there was some other stuff that kind of, I think, got him into trouble when things got tricky for him when he was tested yeah yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and we all we all have that it's just to what extreme yeah right? it's definitely you know with the good comes the bad and the ugly and the <laughs> everything else right and i guess it's just a, a matter of whether we can control that or not right or whether we you know i don't know i i, I haven't finished my therapy <laughs> certificates yet <laughs> so uh, I'll never understand the human brain, and I sometimes wonder if even they do. But um, it seems so complicated, and it seems so, you know, it just, like you said, it's a blueprint on what not to do, right? Like, even when I when I think back to my dad, he was the exact same way. It was just very extreme, right? you know, yeah. and it, I don't think he had, like, any kind of mental illness. He was just extreme, and he... You know, he had to do things a certain way, but failure wasn't like an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I don't know if it's like I sense that. Do you think it's um, like there's there needs to be a balance, right? And I I talk a lot about the ego and what it kind of can do to us in a mindset say to us and stuff like that so I always wonder if they just can't really quiet that ego quiet that voice that doesn't reason properly you know yeah so yeah that's my kind of thought um your book is coming out on the 20th of March I believe right that's correct yeah Tuesday awesome and I did put the link on my website, uh, rawrelationships.net, so you guys can take a look at the trailer. Um, he's made a very nice trailer, kind of depicting what the book is about. And where can they buy your book? Um, yeah. Once it, will it be on Amazon? or? 
Yeah, that's a great question. It'll be on Amazon. It'll be in bookstores. It'll be all over, all over the place. All the different, okay. all the different uh, avenues to buy a book. Perfect. And do you have a website yourself, Sebastian? I do. Yeah, it's uh, my name, SebastianSloven.com. and I'll follow up. Okay. I can, I'll send you some stuff, some links, and you can. Okay, perfect. And I also, before I let yeah. you go, I know you're a busy guy. Um, I also wanted to ask you about the other book that you co-founded, Nature Unplugged. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That kind of, I read a little bit and it kind of makes me interested. <laughs> yeah. So just to clarify, it's not, not a book, but a, but a company, a business. A business. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, okay. yeah. So I, you know, Nature Unplugged, I, uh, my wife and I created this and it is basically, so we do coaching with the emphasis of uh, cultivating healthier relationships with technology and reconnecting with nature. And so, awesome. so a lot awesome. of, you know, I didn't really get into it too much, but a lot of the, or I said, you know, I got into bodyboarding when I was young and, and I was in the ocean when I was young. My dad, one of the really amazing things he taught me was this great connection with nature. And that, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the, the title is because when he died, he was cremated and we spread his ashes in the ocean when I was a little, little tyke. And I came to right. see the, the ocean as, you know, like my dad or my family. And so that, that was a really incredible resource for me during difficult times. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so this story is sort of like the, the longer version of the why behind the work that we do with Nature Unplugged, which is, you know, mm -hmm. mostly working with adolescents and younger folks and, <laughs> getting them off their devices and outside and experiencing uh, the outdoors. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to bring you back for another, another show on that because um, I'm kind of really pushing for that these days. Get off your cell phone, pay attention to the world. <laughs> yeah. It's a sort of a, it's a, it's a major issue. It's a major issue. It yeah. scares me. It actually scares me, to be honest with you. Like, it really scares me. Um, the, you know, the one thing as humans we, can, we crave is a connection. Right. And those things are just, like, the biggest connection blocker <laughs> there is out there. Right. Or it's a, you know, and it's a you know, false sense of connection, right? Thousands of friends on Facebook, yeah. thousands of, what you know, you have your, your network. But it's not, it's like a... It's like a reflection of an actual, you know, it's a yeah. sort of not quite the real deal. No, it's not. And and when you have other people out there craving the real deal, you need to, <laughs> you need to do that. You know, like it's just not healthy for relationships and everything I find it's, you know, in moderation, it's fine, but it seems that there's an issue with the moderation part these days and I'm equally to blame because I'm always working <laughs> you know yeah yeah but yeah we should definitely bring you back for that I'm sure we could uh, have a really great discussion on that but I will let you go back to your busy life and um, I am so thankful that uh, you were able to chat with us today and do this podcast because I know it's going to it's going to help a lot of people, you know, just like it helped you to talk about it so that they can kind of relate as well. Um, and that is exactly why we do this podcast. So, yeah, well, I, I really appreciate yeah. you having me. And I think that's my, that's my hope with this, you know, talking about it with the, the book is, 
is to do what, you know, my dad's friend, John David did for me, which is, yeah. you know, go first, you know, start, create the space for the conversation, these conversations that need to be had. And, and yeah, uh, I agree. Go from there. I agree a hundred percent. Well, you take care and we will talk again soon. All right. Looking forward to it. Take care and have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye.